Amen. You think about everything? Golly, he's been good. We all have our cross to carry. We were married. <laughs> but we do our best, don't we? <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> These are some sayings that I thought was real good. And uh, you cannot bring about prosperity by discouraging thrift. You cannot strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. You cannot help the wage earner by pulling down the wage payer. You cannot further the brotherhood of man by encouraging class hatred. You cannot help the poor by destroying the rich. You cannot establish sound security on borrowed money. Hello. You cannot keep out of trouble by spending more than you earn. You cannot build character and courage by taking away initiative and independence. And you cannot help men permanently by doing for them what they could and should do for themselves. That was, all those were coached by Abraham Lincoln. I thought that was good. You know, I love my country. And uh, I wanted to preach on something else, and I just kept coming back here. And uh, it, it just uh, uh, breaks your heart when you see what's going on. I mentioned to the Sunday school class this morning, if you're older and you had the privilege of living back there and how America was and to where she is today, uh, it just breaks your heart you see what's going on. And But the younger generation, though, of course, they're being taught different things about history and so on. And so it doesn't affect them usually as much as it does older people. And I want us to learn a lesson from Israel and uh, how Israel made little room for Jesus Christ. And I really believe that's what our country has really come to today. Uh, thank God there are pockets. Thank God there are some good preachers out there doing a great job. And we praise God for all that. But overall, the whole, we can see the decline of Christianity uh, in our country. And uh, it just it bothers you as a Christian. But you have to live these times, don't you? And you have to do your best. But Israel gives us a, a great illustration of what we should not do. Uh, notice, if you would, John chapter 1, verse 11. John chapter 1, he says, He came unto his own, the nation of Israel, and his own, Israel, received him not. Israel had a real problem of believing that Jesus Christ was who he said he was, the Messiah, the, the Son of the living God. And then even Paul writes about it. Even after Christ's resurrection, even after Israel has been set aside, notice the Jews' mentality. Acts 13, verse 43 says this, Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. 
But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. And then verse 50. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold, okay, but the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. Then he says, but they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came into Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. It's an amazing thing. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. Now get this. I will go unto the Gentiles. You won't listen. Now I'm going. I wanted to win some of you. I know all of you wouldn't have. Nation rejected him, but I was hoping some of you. But I'm saying you're not hearing, so I'm going on to the next one. And then he states in verse 28, The heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. But it, be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. <laughs> and so we see the story of Israel, a continued rejection. And as a result of the rejection of that truth and that light, what happened to Israel? Israel went off the scene. For many, many years. She still today is still set aside. Now she's back in her country. I believe God has to have her there for the tribulation to happen one day. But she's gone through so much just because she would not listen to truth and receive the light of Jesus Christ. Likewise, I believe that America has headed and has gone that way, just like the Jewish people. I believe he raised up the nation of Israel to be a light to the world. But the world would not listen because Israel wouldn't even listen. And I believe God raised up America for a purpose. We sent more missionaries out than any country the world has ever seen. We've spent more money to missionaries to spread the gospel than any place. But it's interesting, we've begun to turn our back on that light. Our nation, you can't help but see, if you look for it, the deep religious roots that dominated America, the Judeo-Christian thinking. And it's what started our nation through the founding fathers. Our government system, our constitution, our educational system, they all had God and the Bible in them. Even in our educational system, they would use the Bible for English. It's amazing. And it was 
not removing God, but including God in life. If you ever go to Washington, D.C., how many of you have been to Washington, D.C.? It's an amazing place, isn't it? And you go there and you can't help but notice all the religious things about God, our founding fathers, faith, prayer. You see it in, in, in statues and in paintings and in inscriptions. You see it everywhere you go. That shows our country came from a Judeo-Christian background. That's our roots. But in recent years, America, the majority of them, have frighteningly turned her back on God. It seems like we have little room for Christ. And as a result of that, that's led and created a moral darkness that causes a moral decay. I've said this before, America is rotting from within. And it's a problem. You have cancel culture out there trying to cancel our history. Trying to do away with it and write a new history. And it just breaks your heart. America, it seems like, has squandered its birthright. And God's judgment has begun on America. It seems like God has given America up over to a reprobate mind, as Romans 1 says. Let me ask you this. When's the last time our military won a war? Now think that through. And it's not the soldiers' fault. Soldiers are willing to serve and give their life. It's the stupid politicians. You can't fight a war politically. I mean, it just doesn't work. You either go in to win or you don't. Don't go in if you're not going in to win. And we've seen that over and over. Even Israel now, politicians are trying to tell them how to run their war. Thank God Israel's stronger and said, we're going to do what's needed. Amen? When has our government officials stood up for us? We the people. They have forgotten that. We the people. Now, there are a few, thank God. There are a few who do stand up, and we praise God for them. But overall, it's not that way. When's the last time you drove through Indianapolis at night and felt safe? Huh? Left your windows open and doors unlocked and went to bed. Now, some of you might have done that, but overall, we have our, our locks our alarms, our cameras, <laughs> we're locked and loaded for bear. <laughs> you just have, seems like you need to do that today because of what's going on, doesn't it? And then, how has all this become accepted? Why did we just go on and everything's okay? When America is excluding truth of God's word and Christianity, they hold it very little in, in value. We've seen the downward spiral of our government, our educational system. Thank God there are pockets we have that go here, wonderful teachers. They try to hold the line the best they can. We praise God for them that do that. Of course we do. But overall, when you listen to their leader, you want to shoot yourself. I mean, it's unbelievable. The media, the ACLU, our leaders, 
There are a few good leaders, but overall, it's frightening. If I were to ever attack America, it'd be right this moment. Amen? And they lambast us Christians often. They put us down. They put us in bad light to discredit us, and especially our Savior, Jesus Christ. God forbid if you kind of agreed with January 6th a little bit, the FBI would be knocking on your door. It's crazy. They say Christianity has been and is a contentious, bigoted, too narrow religion. Christianity requires an all-or-nothing faith, a commitment to Christ, and he is the only true God. I say amen to that. But they say that, but they say that's uncompromising, unkind, unreal, and untrue. You know, I've always, why don't they say that about Islam? They're afraid of them. Isn't that amazing? Maybe we're too nice at times. You know, Christ says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh than the Father but by me. I'm the only way. That's pretty narrow. Peter said, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Only in the name of Christ can one be saved. The old Roman Empire wanted Christians to have an image of Christ beside their many other gods. And the emperor could not understand why Christians would not do that. Believers were willing to be thrown to the lions because they believed it was Christ alone. He alone is the true God. For years now, today, Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved and go to heaven is unpopular. It arouses opposition. In a country, a culture, supposedly based upon freedom of choice, our founding fathers' faith. Faith now is to be only a reference. And you ask yourself, what in the world has happened? Christ is being systematically removed from our society. As soon as they can, they will come for the churches. Just write that down. That's automatic. Now, some reasons for this. One, we now live in a diverse society with many languages. I just heard the coming across the border in those towns where they stay around there, they had in the classroom 26 different languages. Religions, worldviews. Today we talk about the American culture, but not about Americans' cultures, but not about the American culture, where our true history comes from. Many used to immigrate to America in the hope of becoming an American. But now many who come, they take advantage of our system. They want our money, our social security, our medical things, and demand not to assimilate into the American culture and to keep their own. This has resulted in a society that is full of independent cultural groups demanding to live their culture in America but not be an American. We now live in a post-Christian era. 
Christianity has lost its privileged position and dominance as religious as the religious viewpoint of America. We've had the influx of the elitists who have come in, the liberalism, socialism, atheism, evolutionists, Eastern gods of Hinduism and Buddhism with thousands of gods. The cults have come in, the occults, Islam, and all of this taking place in our country. We now live in a country that promotes many gods and many faiths. And that's a real problem. It seems the faster America can promote other religions, the faster America can do away with Christianity. That happened in Europe. It happened in England. It's happening and almost done in Canada. And it's here in America. Universities receive large amounts of money if the incoming class is diverse. Cities promote diversity, have parades, concerts, and exhibits to celebrate each culture except the American culture. Politicians bend to pressure. We have a president who goes over to Israel and then the next moment he's supporting Hamas. That's a terrorist organization. They pass multicultural diversity legislation against the majority and Christians. Religiously, they say we need to enjoy each's differences. We are all equally valued. I agree with that. I, back in my days, it was Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Today, it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> but in my days, they asked Marilyn Monroe what she, you know, what did she believe about God? She said, I just believe in everything a little bit. That's America right today. We have advanced communications. The world's connected economically, politically, and religiously. Today, you can have a front row seat and watch the wars firsthand. It's amazing what's taking place. Humanity is becoming a human tower of Babel. There's a removal of national borders and national beliefs. And by the way, Acts 17, 23 and 24 through 27, something like that. We are one blood, the world, humanity, but God designed borders. And that's what he wants. The Tower of Babel was gathering everybody one religion. And we're seeing the Tower of Babel. The UN promotes a one world religion, not Christianity, a one world people subservient to what the world says it should do. In the past, our first Supreme Court justice, he said, this is a Christian nation. Wouldn't you like to hear a Supreme Court judge say that today? Now America has many gods. And they've even made a god out of tolerance. America now refuses to allow a single religion, a single faith, a single worldview to claim an exclusive hold on truth. Let me say something about that. That might sound nice, but that's not America the way it was. It used to be Christianity. 
And when it was that, America was great because it followed the God of the Bible. Not perfect, but it followed God of the Bible as the principle. America mostly denies God's absolute truths and insists that all religions' worldviews be seen as equally valid, except Christianity. That's over with. They say no religion any longer has a right to claim itself true and others false. Your view is your opinion. They say, and by the way, Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, cults, Islam, Catholicism, Christianity, they all worship the same God anyway. It just has a different name. They are saying no one's faith is to be offensive. Well, Paul said the cross is offensive because it shows what Christ did and only that can save one. America's intolerance, saying no religion can say it's the only absolute truth unless it's in agreement with the government's absolute truth. <laughs> so here's the question. As Christians, when do we stand up for the absolute truth? For the word of God, Jesus Christ, salvation, in the market of ideas. When do we fight back? I'm humbled by the pastors that are in China, that are in Iran, other parts of the world, that go through so much and stand for their faith. When we look here at Americans and we become passive wimps in this country, when the Bible was written, it was during a pluralistic society. There were false gods everywhere, but many believers stood. God insisted. His message, his word was absolutely true, that he was the only true God. God insisted, commanded non-believers to turn from their idol gods to him alone as absolute truth of faith and practice. God has no problem saying he's the only way. Why should we? Isaiah 43 verse 10 says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe in me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Pretty narrow-minded, isn't it? God just tells it like it is. And I believe he wants us to be wise, harmless as a doves. I understand that. But he doesn't want us to fall back. He wants us to be bold and saying this is the only true God there is. To any society God revealed himself to, he demanded, he required man to choose him and reject all other gods as false. Joshua said this in Joshua 24, And I have given you land for which you did not labor and cities which you built not, and you dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which you planted not, do you, do you eat? 
Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, huh? Boy, he took a stand. Elijah said this in 1 Kings. And Elijah came and said unto all the people and said, How long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. What a bunch of... Isn't that awful? You see, to choose God was to reject others as false. The early church was the crossroads of multiculturalism. Many worldviews. But converts came from other religions by believing God's absolute truth. And the absolute truth, there is only one true God, and it's the God of this word. That's why Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 9, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering we had unto you, and how you turned to God uh, what, from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven. You see, they didn't keep their gods. They said, God's the only true God. The God of Scripture. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The prophets, the apostles, the disciples, and so on. We believers today, we believe in cultural diversity. We love the Asians, the Africans, the Europeans, the Hispanics, the Indians, whatever one may call themselves. The family of God is truly global and diverse. There are many believers of different ethnic backgrounds worldwide, and we love it. God, and I, I've said this before, this is so true, God is not colorblind. He's colorful. The body of Christ is full of all people. Thank God for that. We also believe in religious tolerance to allow others to hold and defend their religious convictions, not by violence or intolerance. Tolerance doesn't mean we have to agree with everyone. The word tolerance itself assumes disagreement. But there's a difference of toleration under civil law and equality according to truth. Equal toleration doesn't mean Equal credibility. As an American, tolerance. But as a Christian, Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, I marvel that you are so, so soon removed from him that called you unto you, I can't speak, that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached, until you let him be accursed. Paul said there's only one gospel. 
They preach any other gospel and let them be accursed because they're sending people to hell. Christianity is not to be advanced by force. We understand that. But we have a right to defend ourselves if necessary. We don't proclaim the gospel by force, but by, persuade, by persuasion of truth. And now America is telling us, trying to even legislate against us, not to publicly, for now, speak of our true, absolute God. They want us to remain silent. That's why I love that quarterback from Texas, uh, Stroud. He said, first of all, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he went right down the line and then gave the interview and so on. And uh, I think it was NBC. They cut that part out when they showed the interview. Isn't that amazing? They just don't want to hear it. Government's trying to get us to follow its culture, to tell us what to believe. And if we were to believe anything, we should believe our Constitution. You say, why? Because the Constitution is full of God. It's full of the Bible. It's full of Scripture. It's full of truth. Amen? There's never been a time like this where believers need to unashamedly stand up. It's today. The door is closing. I just listened to a guy the other day on TV. And he's from Canada, and he's on Shark Tank, the bald-headed guy. Some of you relate to him. And, you know, <clears throat> I'm getting there. But he, he was saying in Canada, free speech is just about gone. I have friends up there, but it's just about gone because socialism has taken over. Just take it away. You know, like when the truck drivers went on strike, what did the government do? Went to their bank accounts, huh? shut them down, huh? broke them. There's different things that people can do. So I ask, how and why has this happened? Well, this has been going on, but also I believe that believers, they've wanted more than Jesus. They've wanted their popularity, their pleasure, their position, their plenty first. As you look at Christianity today, believers have opted for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They're enamored with the world's cares, the world's lights, the world's desires, all our country that has offered them. And even though God has absolutely said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, If you then be risen with Christ, you've been saved, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, things that will last eternally, people, not on things on the earth. We can't allow the world to control us. Understand, all these other gods and other religions, they will lead people straight to hell. There's only one gospel that saves today, 
And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ according to the gospel of grace, his death, burial, and resurrection. Where are countries, if it's not too late, but where are communities only hope? And it's time. It's time right now. You know, the writers of scriptures challenge believers who are going through stuff. Notice what he says to the body of Christ. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And I'm coming down stretch. I'm about done. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is power of God unto salvation to everyone to believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Are you ashamed of the gospel? When do we stand and fight for it? Romans 10, 11 says this. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Second Timothy says this, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. Why? For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I'm not ashamed, even though I suffer. I'm not ashamed of what I'm standing for. He says then in chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not there, thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. It's not time to be ashamed of the gospel. It's a time to stand for the gospel and stand for Jesus Christ. Then he said to the Jews, 1 Peter 4, 16, the first part, yet if any man suffer as a Christian... Let him not be ashamed. So what? People might say a few things to us. So what? You're just going to let everything fall apart without you saying something? 1 John 2, 28, he said, And now, little children, the children abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And then Hebrews 2, 11, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For the which cause he, Christ, is not ashamed to call them brethren. Do you know God's not ashamed to call us his beloved? Isn't that something? So why in the world would we be ashamed of standing up and saying something for Christ today? Biblical Christian beliefs, that was the basis of America's early political thought that guided American people for nearly two centuries. But as other countries who had the light and lost that light, here's how it works. They went from bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to courage, from courage to liberty. From liberty to abundance. From abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to complacency. From complacency to apathy. From apathy to dependence. And that's where we are today. And from dependence back again to bondage. That's how it works. And we see us going down this 
greased hill, whatever you want to call it. We're just going down toward it quickly. I close with these verses. Paul reminds us right before he died. He's in prison. He's getting ready to have his head chopped off. And he gives Timothy some advice that's good for the whole church. He said, I charge thee therefore before God. And just think about these verses. The Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Proclaim the truth. Be answered in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come, and it's here, when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You know, people want to believe everything except truth. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Storytelling. Well, I think. Well, my opinion on that is, well, I... But watch thou in all things. Endure affliction. Hang in there. Do the work of an evangelist. Think about their soul. Make full proof. Mature yourself of thy ministry. Then Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered. I'm going to have my head chopped off. And the time of my departure to go to heaven is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I didn't relax. I didn't play it safe and be silent, but I fought. I have finished my course. I brought to completion the will of God for my journey. I like that. I have kept the faith. I haven't wavered. From the first day I believed, I still believe till the day I die. Henceforth, it'll be worth it one day. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. It will be worth it all one day, people. As we look around and we see the crumbling going on, it's time for us to stand up to be that light, that hope, that those individual people truly need. The problem is not all these problems. The problem is sin. That's behind it. But they're afraid to call it sin. And as a result, they'll never have a solution. But God has a solution for sin, the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so let me just say, I, I don't want to depress you today to tell you how bad things are going. But I want you to be aware and not be blind as a bat, but to be vigilant, to be alert, to be ready, to give an answer for the hope that Christ has given you to those. When things really get bad, that will be the opportunity. They need something else than what they've been trusting. And that's where we can step in. That's when we can be that light. And they say where it's the darkest, the light can shine the brightest. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. 
Thank you for the truth. Help us never to be ashamed of it. Help us to boldly stand up for the cause of Jesus Christ. Yes, we love our country. It breaks our heart to see what's going on. But Lord, we love you more. That's just a fact. But we live in this country. And we see total collapse, sin, rising. It's awful what's going on right now. And people just remain silent. Apathy has taken over. And God, there needs to be a group of people that will stand up any opportunity they get and not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. May we be that group in Jesus' name. Everybody said? We hope you received the blessing from today's service. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpindy.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. For more options to watch, just click On Demand on the website. Until next broadcast, may God bless you is our prayer.